The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. A little look behind the scenes of how the sausage gets made here at Westminster. Well, let's just talk about this week. Tomorrow is what day? What are we celebrating in this country in most places? Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So we're celebrating civil rights, African Americans, the getting rid of slavery, but all the permutations of how that comes down to us now. What, what's happening on Wednesday in our country? Right? The inauguration of a new president and, and a new vice president. Just a couple of weeks ago, we had a riot in our capital. You would think, you would think that for a preacher, all of this makes for a very rich stew of something, to have something to say. But the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. That's been sort of my thing this week. What does one say anymore in the midst of a pandemic politics which have added a particular I think tiredness that make it even more difficult for some of us to see hear and experience God because almost literally it has become like noise for us We are so thrown off of what we thought was right, was how things worked, that I hear people saying over and over and over, I just can't believe, I just can't believe, I just can't believe, I just can't believe. This is unthinkable. These things that are happening, these things that are going on, How can I talk to my family? How can I talk to my friends? How can I have a conversation with someone who believes that? And I think it makes all of us tired. Sad. Hurting. And we're not just sad, tired, and hurting for for our nation or for our communities. We're in our own lives. I mean, this... As the pandemic goes on, so many of us in our work lives are having to make adjustments. For teachers, this continual yo-yoing of, are we in school? Are we not in school? Are we on Zoom? Are we doing something else? Are kids even showing up? What about those kids that aren't showing up? Are they, are they okay? Are they alive? Are they safe? Like, what's happening? And for those people who have their own businesses and or work with other businesses, like, what's going to happen when PPP loans aren't available anymore? Or what's going to happen? When, when can we fully open up? When can we get back to things? I know I'm going on and on about this, but, but just I know that that's what's happening with you and I wanted to just open that up, that it's okay. It's okay to have that noise because it's noise for all of us. 
And then we wonder, I think, in these times, like, where is the leadership? Where are those who are, as we would say it in the church, called to step up and to lead with reason and and with truth and with faith and with facts? Where are those people? Because it seems like those who are raising their hand and saying, here I am, the loudest and who are getting the most press, are saying things that are just preposterous. Or at least, if you actually do your fact-checking, you go, that's not actually true. That's not actually what happened. And so we hear these people who are saying, well, I'm here to lead, and we wonder where they're leading us. Well, how does that relate to the scripture? The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. Eli, the priest of the Lord, had two sons. And Eli was a decent priest. He was a decent man, but his sons were horrible. They basically broke every rule of the priesthood. They were the ones who were supposed to carry on the priesthood from Eli, so it would be in that family, they would be the leaders, because at this time, Israel does not have a king. Israel is being led here and there by judges that that come up that the Lord sort of appoints, and and they lead, and and, and the priests are, are the strongest part of the undergirding of faith. But people are losing trust in the priesthood because of the sons of Eli. Not only do they eat the sacrifices that they're not supposed to eat, they take advantage of the women who come to serve in the temple. And when I say take advantage, I mean that in the worst ways possible. They're reprehensible men. And Eli knows it and, at least according to the scripture, does little to nothing. But Samuel comes as as this young man who is dedicated to the Lord by by his mother, dedicated to the Lord, and Eli takes him under his wing, and Samuel's there as this young man, and he's serving Eli, and this voice comes, and Eli didn't know what it was, because he hadn't heard the word of the Lord yet. He hadn't heard the voice of the Lord yet. He, he didn't know what he was hearing. And so he has this, this voice come to him in the night. He says, Samuel, Samuel. And he says, well, here I am. He thinks it's Eli, of course. And this happens a couple of times. Very famous story. He finally goes to, Eli finally figures it out. Like, ah, oh, this, is, this is the Lord speaking to Samuel. I mean, Eli was like, couldn't even get it because the Lord probably hadn't spoken to him for a while. And he gets up and the next time after the Lord calls him and says, here I am. Speak for your servant is listening. And and God says, I'm about to do something that is going to make both ears of anyone who hears it tingle. And God doesn't mean in a good way. Now, there's all kinds of news that makes our ears tingle, right? 
we get that call from the doctor, I've got news on your tests. You get a call from the school about your son or your daughter. We hear things on the news that make our ears tingle. I don't know about you, but that Wednesday, January 6th, like that, my ears were tingling in a way that I hadn't had them tingle for some time. And so he calls Samuel, God calls Samuel, and it isn't like, oh, come along, I'm going to have you do something easy right off the bat. I'm going to ease you into this. No, no, no. I've got a word for you, and you've got to take it to basically the most powerful person in Israel, and it's about the end of his line. It's a hard truth because people of faith have to face the trouble that we create. We have to face the complicity that we have in the systems and the structures that oppress people. And so Samuel is called individually to speak of a change that's going to happen in the community of God, that Eli's line is going to end. And Samuel will become the anointer of kings. Because you see, Israel, because they get tired of having these random judges, they're like, we want to be like everybody else and we want to have a king. Because that's a good idea. Even though God had said from the very beginning... The kingdom that we have here is, I'm the Lord, I'm the king. I'm, if you follow me, then things will be well with you. But no, the people of Israel begin clamoring for a king, and so Samuel is the one who ends up anointing the first kings of Israel. But what qualifies Samuel? Not a thing, he's young. What qualifies him is he listens. He listens for the word that comes to him from God. As we move into the New Testament story of Jesus calling those disciples, most of us, we, I think, we look at the disciples and we're like, wow, look at these disciples, look at what they did, especially after Jesus is resurrected. We look at, wow, they went on and they, they, they served the church and they served the widows and the orphans and, and then they, they spread the message of God and they interpreted what Jesus was about and they did all these things. But who were they before that? They were just people. It doesn't say in the scripture that Jesus, you know, had a vetting process and he looked at their resumes and their CVs like, yeah, you know, this, this, this person. Jesus says in this script passage, I saw you under the fig tree. <laughs> and I suppose we could infer that Jesus knows more about people than what we realize. But the call that comes individually is a call into a community that follows Jesus, that discerns Jesus' word, and then serves that word. When we say, here I am, we are not putting ourselves out as the mouthpiece, except for to be the mouthpiece of the word of God. And that's what ought to humble a preacher every time a preacher gets up to talk. 
Because we believe in the Protestant church that what I'm saying is a word from the Lord for this community. Think about the people who said, here I am in the Bible. Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Mary. They said, here I am. They heard the word of God coming to them, and they said, here I am. And what did God do? God said, oh, here's a nice, soft bed to lay in. That's what you get to do. I'm calling you into doing something easy and comfortable. Right? Wow, don't I wish. For every one of them, every one of them, Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Mary, the call is as an individual, but called into community, called to a difficult service. So you and I who said that we want to follow Jesus... I, mean, I understand. I want to say, God, can it be easier, please? Could you, could, could you make the world work a little better, please? I'd like to just go about my life, please. But when we say, here I am, we are called, as Micah says, to act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with our God, and we start by listening. We start by listening to the Word, because the places that we know we can find Jesus are in the Word and in the sacraments. Those are the first places. And just think about that. In the Word and in the sacraments, in the sacraments, in the bread, in the wine, in the water, in these mundane, everyday things, we find Christ. We find God speaking to us through these things. If we will but listen, if we will but follow. But it is a call to face ourselves. It is a call to look honestly and humbly at ourselves, not to run around and say, oh, everything's going to be fine and we're just waiting for the great by and by and everything's going to come up roses. Yes, we live with a great hope. We live live with a great hope that the money that is spent on politics and war will be moved to being spent to lift others up to care for our communities. We live with that hope, but we live with the honesty and the realization that we have been complicit in things that continue to hurt people. And we don't have any special gifts. God calls us individually into community for difficult service. Martin Luther King Jr. said this, Everyone can be great because everyone can serve. And when we say, here I am, we are being called not to be served, but to serve. Not to become great in the eyes of the world, but to become humble and great in the eyes of God. And so, when our ears tingle with the, with the news of God, whether it be a word of destruction, a word of fear, when our ears tingle with the word of God, maybe it is a word of reconciliation, of hope and justice. May the Holy Spirit move in us to say, here 
I am. I come to serve. Amen.